0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to A New Beginning, which is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. If this program has impacted you, I'd love to hear from you. So just send an email to me at greg at harvest.org. Again, it's greg at harvest.org. You can learn more about becoming a Harvest Partner by going to harvest.org.
1: Marital harmony can be a challenge. Did we marry the wrong person? Pastor Greg Laurie wonders, did your spouse marry the wrong person?
0: A successful marriage is not so much finding the right person as much as it is being the right person. Stop blaming your mate and be the best husband you can be. Stop blaming him and be the best wife that you can be. Stop reading each other's mail and just do what God tells you to do. And you'll be amazed at what will happen. This is-
1: Things can upset marital equilibrium. The thermostat is too hot or too cold. The toilet paper roll was replaced incorrectly or not replaced at all. The TV remote control is missing again. The car was parked without enough gas to make it back to the gas station. Those things never happen to you? You must be single. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie continues his Christian Family series with five biblical principles toward a successful marriage.
0: I heard a story about a husband and wife that were celebrating a 25th wedding anniversary. So the husband got in front of friends and family and said, oh man I love this woman so much. And he said to her, dear because you have given me 25 years of wedded bliss I am taking you to China. Oh she was so excited. China, she says. I have always wanted to go to China. Then she said, if you are doing that for our 25th wedding anniversary I can't wait to see what you will do for our 50th wedding anniversary. And the husband said, well that is when I will pick you up. (laughs) Maybe that is why one person said marriage is like a three ring circus. Engagement ring, wedding ring, and suffering. (laughs) Does it really have to be that way? Oscar Wilde was quoted to say, the world has grown suspicious of anything that looks like a happily married life, end quote. How about this statement from one of the wealthiest men who ever lived, J. Paul Getty, who was married many times. He said, quote, I would give my entire fortune for one happy marriage. One happy marriage. That's all he wanted. Is it even possible? Can a woman and a man fall in love and get married, and live happily ever after. Well that's what the fairy tales tell us. But life doesn't back that up now, does it? Because we look at the divorce rate in our country today. It's roughly at 50%. And then if you get married for a second time, the divorce rate jumps up to 60%. And then if you go for a third marriage, it rises even higher to 73%. Yeah fairy tales usually end with the words happily ever after. But maybe we should change it to say happily even after. Let's be realistic. It can be a happy marriage. It can be a strong marriage. All right, Let's look at our text now. Ephesians chapter 5. Now I think when we think of this particular chapter we immediately remember the verses where Paul says, "'Husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church.' And gave himself for it, and wives submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord, and so forth. And we'll get to those verses, but we don't consider the verses that precede them. And in many ways, the verses that precede those passages I just quoted lay the foundation for a strong and happy home. So we're gonna look at those preliminary statements in this particular message. Ephesians 5, starting at verse 13 all things are exposed. They are made manifest by the light. For whoever makes manifest is light. Therefore He says, Awake you who sleep and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So if you're taking notes, here's some takeaway truths, some points. Point number one, if you want a successful marriage, shine the light of God's word on it. If you want a successful marriage, shine the light of God's word on it. Verse 13, all things are exposed and made manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. You know sometimes when marriages are having troubles they get counseling and I'm for that. As long as it's biblical counseling. Counseling is not enough. Listen to this. Just because a person says they're a Christian counselor doesn't necessarily mean they're giving biblical counsel. It's all that matters when it's said and done. Are you getting counsel from the Word of God? Because I've heard counsel that comes from people who are supposedly giving Christian counseling that frankly is contradictory to what the Bible says. They you might say, well wait a second. Greg, well, what if you don't agree with what the Bible says? Simple answer, change your opinion because the Bible is right and if you don't agree with it, you're wrong. Sorry to tell you that, but it's the truth. So we want to look to the Word of God because it gives us the answers that we need and tells us what to do. Principle number two, we need to wake up. Wake up. Verse 14. Awake you that sleep. Awaken from spiritual lethargy. Listen. You can't sleepwalk through a marriage. You have to constantly be giving attention. You have to be proactive not merely reactive. And what will happen is a marriage is neglected. The husband neglects his role. The wife neglects hers. One problem turns into another and it gets worse and worse and worse. Now we're in a state of crisis. I say go back to the beginning and engage in preventative maintenance and strengthen it every day. It's not unlike your relationship with God. If you neglect the study of Scripture, if you neglect being a part of church, if you neglect your prayer life, It is going to affect you spiritually. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not even a week from now. But in time you will see the effects. The same is true of marriage. So wake up to that fact. Number three. Walk carefully. Walk carefully. Look at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. It is an interesting word. It carries the basic meaning of that which is accurate and exact. It conveys the idea of looking, examining, and investigating something with great care. Sort of like the kind of attention you would give before signing a contract. You want to be very careful before you put your John Hancock, as they say, on that contract and initial all those little things that they highlighted because the devil may be in the details, you see. So in the same way, I look at this very carefully and I'm gonna pay attention to detail and I'm gonna make sure I've done everything I can do. Not so much worrying about what my spouse is doing or is not doing. Am I doing my part? Because again, I wanna emphasize, we need to strike this word divorce from our vocabularies. Someone once asked Ruth Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, if she had ever considered divorcing Billy. And she said, I've never once considered divorcing him. Murdering him, yes. Divorcing him, no. That was meant humorously, of course. Don't get any ideas. While carefully conveys the idea of alertness. You know, sometimes people say, oh, they have a marriage made in heaven. What do you think? Good marriages happen randomly. Oh, does that mean others have a marriage made in hell? No, if you see a marriage that looks like it was made in heaven, it's because those people have applied themselves. Number four, use your time wisely. Use your time wisely. Verse 16, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Redeem means make the most of your time or make use of every opportunity. Take the time to strengthen your marriage.
1: Pastor Greg Laurie. We'll have the second half of his message in just a moment. Emails, phone calls, and even text messages from listeners are so encouraging to us, and they let us know the effectiveness of these studies. Hi, Pastor Greg. I've listened to you for a decade now and have grown closer to God because of the way He speaks through you. I also listen to your podcasts in my free time and while driving, and your teaching through God's Word has given me hope to work through my abusive childhood that carried me into adulthood. I'm now married, and my husband and I will listen together. He serves in the Army while I'm in nursing school. It's a little silly, but we sometimes spend quality time laying on the floor with our dog and listening to your messages. As a grown woman and wife, I also thoroughly enjoy listening to your wife Kathy speak. I can just see her love for God and others, and I want to thank you both for providing such amazing resources for every stage of my life. We're so grateful to hear of the changed lives through Harvest Ministries. And if you have a story to tell of how these studies have touched your life, email Pastor Greg, greg at harvest.org. That's greg at harvest.org. Well, we continue now with Pastor Greg's Practical Marital Counsel in today's study, Home Sweet Home.
0: Number five, to have a successful marriage, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit to have a successful marriage you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the Spirit. By the way in the Greek that is a command. To not be filled with this power is to cut off your power supply. Years ago we had a work day here at the church. So we were painting and trimming hedges and doing all sorts of things. And I am really bad with tools of any kind. You know I mentioned my mom was married and divorced. I never had a dad go over the basics with me. Like how to tie a tie. How to build something. So I I have this big huge deficiency in that area. If my wife sees me walk into the house with a hammer she's alarmed. (laughs) I like hardware stores. I love all the cool tools. I am just not very good with them. That is all. So we are out here at this workday at church and there at the hedge was a hedge trimmer. You know And I thought, ooh, cool. You know, it was plugged in the wall. So I fired it. up, And I'm trimming the top of the edge. This is fun. I like this. And I wasn't really paying attention. And I kept moving that thing. It's cutting across the edge. And it came right through the gourd. Just stops. And I looked over to the right. And I looked to the left. And I just walked off. I just left it. (laughs) What kind of a man is this? It's a kind of a man who just cut his power supply off. That's what it is. And you don't want to do that. You need the power of the Spirit. I, I don't know what you think of when you think of being filled with the Spirit. I think sometimes people imagine it should be an emotional experience. Right? And it can be. And sometimes it is. But not always. You might think, oh to be filled with the Spirit means you are going to jump up and down or you are going to scream really loud. Well really… God's power and God's filling is a practical power. It's not so you can jump high. It's so you can walk straight. It's sort of like a fire hose. If they lose control of it, it can be dangerous. It could kill someone. But if they grab hold of that fire hose and direct the stream of the water in the right direction, they can put out a fire. They can save the lives of people. So God gives us this power not to just throw off with no purpose but to do what He has called us to do. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way this is an interesting little twist where it says be filled with the Spirit. Because in the original language we find that the last clause on the long previous sentence is submitting one to another in the fear of God. So in other words here is how the verse should go. Be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, submitting one to another in the fear of God. This is very important. Because sometimes wives choke on the verse that says, Wives, submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord. You might say, I don't want to submit to my husband or anybody else. Wait a second. Before God tells wives to submit to their husbands, before God tells husbands to love their wives, God says to husbands and wives, submit to one another in the fear or the reverence of God. If you're a Spirit-filled person, you'll be a submitting person. Now maybe you think of subservience and slavery but that's not what submission is in the Bible. Let me put it another way: If you're really filled with the Spirit, you'll think of others over yourself. In military language, uh, it means to rank beneath or rank under. There's an order of ranking in the military and, and police officers and so forth. And. You can outrank a person. So the idea is you put yourself under that person. You want to hold them up. You want to support them. This is not about superiority or inferiority. It's about sacrifice. It's about obedience. It's not about you. It's about your mate. Listen. A successful marriage is not so much finding the right person as much as it is being the right person. Stop blaming your mate and be the best husband you can be. Stop blaming Him and be the best wife that you can be. Stop reading each other's mail and just do what God tells you to do. It drives me crazy when I hear wives quote verses about being a good husband to the man and the man quotes the verses to the Read your own stinking verses. And do what God tells you to do and you'll be amazed at what will happen. I shouldn't say stinking verses. I retract that statement. There's no stinking verses in the Bible. But you get what I was trying to say by that. So we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean specifically? It's interesting. There's three word pictures uh, given to convey well, the idea of what the Bible is saying. One way that this phrase filled is used is wind filling a sail. Carrying it along. If any of you like to sail you know how wonderful it is when you turn off the engine. You catch that gust of wind and you're just cruising along. It's fantastic. Makes life so much easier, doesn't it? And the same is true of marriage. Man, you can try to do it on your own. Do it in your own strength. But man, just let the Holy Spirit fill your sails and help you to do what God has called you to do. It also conveys the idea of permeation. And back in the first century, they would take salt and rub it into meat to preserve it before refrigeration. So the idea of being conveyed is let the Holy Spirit permeate your life. You rub it in deeply. Let the Holy Spirit be deeply embedded inside of you affecting you in what you say and what you think and what you do. And finally it conveys the idea of total control. Paul compares the filling of the Spirit to drunkenness. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't be under the control of the spirits. Be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Let him have control of your life. So put it all together. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It means that you're carried along and permeated by and under the control of Jesus Christ. To fill yourself with God's word so his thoughts become your thoughts, his standards, your standards, his will, your will. To be filled with the Spirit is walking thought by thought, decision by decision, act by act, under the Holy Spirit's control. This is true of the Christian life too. You know, we can try so hard to not do this and not do that. Listen to this. Galatians 5 says, If we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap life everlasting. If we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. So we are told walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So if you focus on the positive it will help you deal with the negative. So I am saying I want to be filled with the Spirit, under the control of the Spirit, living by the counsel of Scripture. Then the other things will all sort themselves out. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's power to be the husbands God has called us to be. We need the Holy Spirit's power for you girls to be the wives that God has called you to be. We need the Holy Spirit's power to be the parents God has called us to be. We need His help. And singles need the Holy Spirit's power to be the single God has called you to be. Let me just close with this one thought. And when I say one thought that is a preacher's way of saying I am going to go for 20 more minutes. No I am not. I am almost done actually. But of all the pictures that God could have chosen to show His love for the world He chose marriage. Husbands are told love your wife as Christ loves the church. Wives be to your, submissive to your husbands as unto the Lord. So here is what the Lord is saying. Hey world. Hey secular culture. You want to know how much I love my people? Check out the way that Christian husband loves his wife. Hey non-believers, you want to see how much my people love me? Check out the way that Christian wife loves her husband. Can't you see how bad it is now when Christians get a divorce how it so devastates our witness? We are telling these people how to live. We are telling them how to be changed by Jesus and we can't work out our problems in our own marriages? It should not be so. God has chosen the marriage as a representation to a lost world. And therefore when you have a strong marriage you are a powerful witness. But again I want to emphasize that how did God show His love? He showed it by sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Talk is cheap. Words are easy to say. God put His own Son on the cross to die in our place to show how much He loves each and every one of us. And I ask you in closing, married or single, forget about that for a moment. Do you know God? What if this was your last day on earth? Is your life in order? Are you ready to meet God? If not, you can come into a relationship with Him right now and be forgiven of all of your sin. And all of us need that. Jesus who died on the cross in your place and mine and absorbed God's wrath in our place, rose again from the dead, and now he stands at the door of our life and he knocks and says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life? Do you know right now with certainty that you'll go to heaven when you die? If not, would you like to know Christ in a personal way? Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like a second chance in life? We're gonna close now with a prayer and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to get right with God if you need to. Let's all bow our heads if you would please. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. And now we pray for any person here who does not yet know you. Lord, help them to see their need for Jesus. Help them to come to you. And believe we pray. Amen.
1: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. Well, we're making available a unique book called Divine Disruption by Dr. Tony Evans. Many people are familiar with that name. And many also know that he has four adult children who are also all involved in ministry, and they co authored this book along with him. The Evans family has suffered some terrible tragedies. Eight family members passed away over the course of the last two years. Now, you know, we all experience some rain in our lives, problems and worries and crises. Sometimes it's even a downpour, and sometimes it's a, a flood. Pastor Greg, this new book, Divine Disruption, is from a family that survived a flood and grew through it. Isn't that right?
0: Yes, it is right. And, you know, the probably the most profound loss for Tony and his children was his wife going to be with the Lord, Lois. She was yeah. sick for quite a long time, yeah. and uh, her faith was strong throughout her suffering and her sickness. But then she was called home to heaven. There's one quote in this book which says, We have one goal in this one short life we have on planet Earth. Do not lose focus. Serve the purposes of God. Lois Evans did that. The rest of the Evans family is doing that. Are you doing that? That's what we all should be doing, serving the purposes of God. You know, let me be honest, and I think you know this already. It's not a matter of if you're going to die. It's a matter of when death will come, but death is not the end for a Christian. It's not the end of the road. The road continues on into the presence of God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked this question, do you believe this? I mean, really, if we believe life is short, we're going to want to live it well we're going to want to live it for the glory of God. We don't want to waste our life. We don't want to waste our months and our weeks and our days. We want to invest our life into honoring and serving God. So here's a book now that I want to offer you called Divine Disruption, written by Tony and his two sons and his two daughters, telling you how they dealt with losing their mother and other members of the family, how they dealt with it in faith but it's also an honest book. It's candid. They talk about the pain and the heartache that comes with losing someone that you love so much. So this is going to be a helpful book. It's going to be a hopeful book, and it's going to be an instructive book for many of you. And I want to send you a copy of Divine Disruption by Tony Evans and his family for your gift of any size. Whatever you send will be used to help us continue to preach the gospel and teach the Word of God. So, if you believe in what we're doing, please respond to this offer and we'll rush you your copy of Divine Disruption. Thanks in advance.
1: Yeah, it's powerful encouragement for those times of serious challenge and heartache. And we hope you'll let us send this your way. Thank you for your generosity as you request this thank you gift, Divine Disruption, by Dr. Tony Evans and his family. You can call us right now at one 800 821 3300. We're here to take your call around the clock. That's 1-800-821-3300. And you can make your donation and request online at harvest.org. And then, Pastor Greg, just before we go, would you mind praying with the person listening who wants to make a change today in their relationship with the
0: Lord? I'd be happy to, Dave. You know, as you've been listening to this today, Maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you. Deep in the recesses of your heart, and it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart my life as Savior, as God, as friend? I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it, or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to
1: follow the Lord. And to help you as you follow the Lord, we'd like to send you some materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started off right in your new relationship with the Lord. So get in touch and ask for it. We'll send it free of charge. Call us at our 24-hour phone number, 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or go to harvest.org and click on Know God. Well, next time, as Pastor Greg's new Christian Family Series continues, he presents a message called God's Plan for Sex and Marriage. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. This is the day, the day when life a New Beginning is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. If this show has impacted your life, share your story, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, and help others find hope.